You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 and Romans chapter 12 uh, to kind of lay the groundwork for the message tonight. And uh, it is great to be home, and uh, what an honor to, to travel for Golden State Baptist College this summer. And uh, we experienced the South, the Deep South, for the first time. And I remember being in Florida when I was probably four years old, maybe five. I remember the humidity. I think I even, I think at one point I got a tick, if I'm not mistaken. I think I remember that. And, uh, but uh, this was my first time really in several states. I think we were about five states and uh, had the privilege to preach at every church we were with. The ladies would, did a tremendous job singing. It's great to have the tour groups home. And uh, the only place I didn't preach was at a youth conference that they already had the preachers lined up, but uh, had the privilege to represent the college and what a joy that was. But I failed to get a haircut before I went out of town. I've got a barber here in the area and I thank the Lord for him. And so I got to Texas and I got up early one morning and I said, I need to go get a haircut. So I went and got a haircut and he cut my hair way too long. And so a week later, my wife is looking at me and I got up one morning and she said, you need to get a haircut. We were in Louisiana that day. So near New Orleans. And so I went to a barber there near New Orleans and I sat down. He was cutting somebody else's hair and I was looking all over the barber shop. It was a men's barber shop. Those are hard to find, you know. And I was looking all over it for the price. And I thought, well, it doesn't really matter. I can't find the price, but it's going to be, you know, $10 or $15 or 20, whatever it is, you know. And so I'm going to pay, pay for the haircut either way. And and so I, I sat down on the chair, and he actually sat next to me and asked me how I wanted my haircut. And he listened to half of what I said. I said, I said, I just got a haircut in Texas. They cut it too long, and now I need to take a little more off. But, but, but that's all he heard. Then I said, now, you've got to be careful you don't cut it too short because then it just sticks up. Well, he didn't hear that part. And, boy, he laid into me. And I, my personality is so hard. I mean, he just, he just shaved up one side of my head. I thought, oh, boy. Brother Oxidine's going to give me demerits when I get back. <laughs> Pastor's going to expel me from the college. And so, and then I looked across and the price was $35. I couldn't believe it. So I'm a little bit bitter about tour, but everything else was great. Everything else was wonderful. I gave the man $40. That's the most money I've ever paid for the worst haircut I've ever received. And so I'm glad to be home. And uh, I, I sure love our church and I sure love to hear... Uh, the music and to be with God's people and uh, what a joy it is to be here uh, in God's house tonight. I uh, had a friend of mine, I'm still, the, the other thing I'm trying to recover from is the weight you gain. You gain a few pounds when you're on tour, it's just the way it goes and so you can pray for me if you will. And so uh, I had a friend that was heading to the doctor and, and he said, you know, I'm trying to lose some weight as well, I'll tell you what the doctor says. So he got back and I said, well, what did he say? He said, well, I I asked the doctor, he said, I've heard that cardiovascular exercise can prolong life. The doctor said, well, your heart is only good for so many beats, don't waste it on exercise. And he said, everything wears out eventually. You speed up your heart, doesn't make you live longer. It's like saying to extend the life of your car, you drive faster. He said, it doesn't work that way. You live longer by taking a nap. And I thought, well, that's pretty good advice. I like that, you know. He said, so then I asked him, I said, should I cut down on meat and eat more fruits and vegetables? And he says, you got to grasp my 
logistical efficiency here of what I'm trying to tell you. What do cows eat? He said they eat hay and corn. And what are these? They're vegetables. So if you eat a good steak, it's nothing more than an efficient mechanism for delivering vegetables to your system. And I thought, wow, this is really, this is really good. He says, if you need grain, just eat chicken, you know? He said, beef is also a good source of field grass or green leafy vegetables. So I thought, wow, this is, this is really good. I said, uh, what else, Alvin, did, uh, did the doctor tell you? And he said, uh, he said uh, I asked about fried foods. And he said, you're not listening to me. Fried food is fried in vegetable oil, and there's nothing wrong with vegetables. How could more vegetables hurt you? And he said, well, what about chocolate? He said, hello, are you crazy cocoa beans? Those are vegetables as well. It's just another form of vegetable. So he said, is swimming good for my figure? He said, if swimming is good for your figure, ex explain a whale to me. And so then he finally just asked, you know, is getting in shape even important? And he said, shape, round is a shape. So I've got some really good advice from the doctor, and I appreciate that. Romans chapter 12 tonight, and we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. One word that's found in verse 2, it's found one other place in chapter 8. And the Lord, uh, when pastor asked me to preach tonight, the Lord gave me this thought. And, and so uh, this is a, a new sermon for me. And uh, I always like to preach messages you're a little more comfortable with as far as, you know, the layout and all of that. But uh, uh, anyhow, this is definitely, I believe, what God has for us tonight and Romans records the word conformed twice as we think about that term shape I just talked about, you know. And uh, the word conformed deals with shape or fashion. We're commanded not to be conformed, and yet God has told us, if you're a born-again child of God, that he is conforming us. I want you to see that with me tonight. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. There's so much that could be preached or said from verse number one. And then it says this, this command here, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now hold your spot there if you would and turn back to chapter 8. The only other time the word conformed is mentioned in the Bible is found in chapter 8. So Paul very clearly says, be not conformed to this world. Here in chapter 8 and verse 28, we know this verse very well. We thank the Lord uh, for Romans chapter 8, verse 28. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, look at this, to be conformed to the image of his Son. And I really believe with all of my heart, we work diligently to uh, preach and teach about not being conformed to this world. And it, it's a desperate message that that we need in this day and hour. And there's so much that could be said about just the church, and I'll plan to say a few more things about that here in a, in a, in a moment. But I think if we're not careful, we don't take enough time to stress the fact that we are to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. You see, the doctrine of separation is not so much about 
what we're separating or who we're separating from. It's about whom we're separating ourselves to. And I really believe sometimes we get so focused on what or whom we're separating from that we fail to recognize who we're separating to. And if we're not careful, we, we, we don't understand the fact that if we're not conforming to the image of Christ, then we are in fact conforming to the world. Let's bow for prayer tonight. Father in heaven, I sure love your people. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to proclaim your word tonight. And Father, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross. And Lord, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. God, I pray that you would empty me of self and sin. And God, that you would use this message to meet the needs and the hearts and lives of your people. May we leave here knowing, God, that we've heard from you. And may you receive the glory for it. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. From the very womb, God begins to mold and shape every life. Jeremiah chapter 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse number 5 uh, proclaims the same truth about God forming uh, in the belly. Thou knowest not the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God which maketh all. Psalm 139 and there's so many other passages that we could go to that talk about the gift of life and birth and all of that. And it's an amazing thing how the world has decayed to the point now where they think it's okay to take a human life uh, inside its mother's womb. And I was blessed to see the picture that uh, John Morris sent yesterday of Jonathan David Morris. Amen. The fourth uh, Morris son. Praise the Lord. And I love that picture of him yawning. Isn't that priceless? And and what a blessing that was. You know, when you study the, 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 the uh, Jeremiah chapter 18 in the Word of God, we see the hand of God molding and shaping the house of Israel as he talks about the potter and the clay. And God has all power to mold and shape uh, babies in the womb as he has all power to mold and shape nations. And he has all power to mold and shape people. And when you study the lives of the people who are greatly used of God, they, their lives were always marked by the hand of God molding and shaping their lives. Who shaped and molded the life of, of David? And who shaped and molded the life of Joseph? And who molded and shaped the life of Paul the Apostle? And who was it that molded and shaped the life of Paul the Apostle? And who was it that molded and shaped the, the life of, of uh, Ab uh, Moses or Abraham? And, and as I even think about our own pastor here, who molded and shaped his life? And we can go to a Sunday school teacher that led him to Christ. And we can go to a number of pastors that had great influence on them. But the bottom line is it was God who molded and shaped their lives. It seems like the world is, is striving to mold and shape these days more than the church is being used of God to mold and shape the world. The very word church is the Greek word ekklesia, and it means a called out assembly. Pastor taught this to me when we were in church ed many years ago and how God embedded that into my heart and etched it uh, into my life. I, I'm so thankful for that. But today it seems as though we have blend-in Baptist churches because the church is afraid to stand out from the world. Today we seem to have called-in assemblies of non-believers instead of called-out assemblies of believers. We preach 
against them and they drop the name church and it's so sad when we lose churches but the reality is if they're not a church why do they have the name anyways fellowship or a center now Jesus didn't die for a fellowship or a center and I'm not trying to be unkind and I'm not trying to be cruel I'm just trying to point out Bible Jesus said to Peter, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The churches in the book of Revelation, in chapter 2 and chapter 3, were local churches. They were assemblies called out from the world. And I'm reminded tonight that the men and women who've changed the world have always been men and women whom the world could not change, and the churches whom have been used of God to change and impact the world have always been churches that didn't let the world change them. And like the religious leaders who piped to John the Baptist and they couldn't get him to dance, I'm so thankful tonight that North Valley Baptist Church for 47 years now has not danced to the world's music when they've piped to us. Because we're Christians and we only dance to gospel music. That was a joke, all right? So we're refusing to change and be conformed to this world, but my question tonight is, how are you doing personally conforming to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ? And that's the heart of the message tonight. The message isn't to the world and it isn't to these churches. The message is to the hearts of God's people here at North Valley Baptist Church. And we all fall short. Proverbs 24, 16, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again and and sometimes uh, people think that they become more like Christ because they have a, a set of standards. And I just want to submit to us tonight, the goal has never been the standard. The goal is the Lord Jesus Christ. As I read God's word, he shows and teaches me his truths and his principles. And from his truths and from his principles, I can form, I form convictions about what the Bible teaches. And from these convictions, I, I create standards in my life. And the goal in my life has never been the standard because that creates idolatry. The goal is the image of Jesus Christ. I love that song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, Have Thine Own Way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. So what is it that God uses to conform our lives into his image? And I spent some time pondering that question and, and, and praying and seeking the Lord and spending time in the scriptures. And I wrote a number of reasons why from the word of God. But uh, I would say tonight that I really want to just focus and zero in on just a handful that I believe are vital, absolutely vital. And the first thought tonight is simply the scriptures. When you look at Romans chapter number 12, and he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Well, how do you do that? How is it that you, verse 2, you cannot be conformed to this world, but you're transformed, and that comes from the renewing of your mind, and that only comes through the, the, the power of God's Word as you study, read, meditate the Word of God, or you listen to it taught or preached, and you apply it to your life. James chapter 1 and verse 23 says, If there be a, if any be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, 
For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth in therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a, uh, but a doer, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And James is simply telling you and I tonight that the word of God is like a mirror. Just as you get up in the morning and you stand in front of the mirror, and, and I, I hope you do that. It looks like all of you do. But uh, you comb your hair, you brush your teeth, you prepare yourself for the day. God says, look, I need you in my word every day spiritually to prepare yourself spiritually for what I have for you today. And just as people can rush off uh, for the day without taking time to prepare themselves, and it seems like our world is getting more sloppy every, every day, and you go to Walmart and it seems like everybody shows up in their pajamas these days, you know. <laughs> But just as, as ridiculous as it is, is uh, going out of, uh, of, of your home and not being prepared physically, we have to prepare ourselves spiritually. I love the message Pastor preached this morning, and he mentioned that. I've not shown to declare to you all the counsel of God. The greatest of Christians cannot trust their own heart, their conscience, or their motives without the Spirit of God taking the Word of God and daily confronting them with the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I asked the question tonight to, to my church family, when was the last time God spoke to you while you were reading His Word? I had the privilege to uh, preach our school chapel uh, every week, and we had elementary chapel and junior high and high school chapel together, and we did, like Pastor would do here, we'd have the, the oldest in each group sit up front, and we would do sword drills, and I love sword drills. I'd take a topic, we'd do sword drills. And uh, you get a prize for, or points or whatever for the first person that would stand and get to the right scripture. They would read the scripture and then I would ask them, who, who, who is speaking here? We know the Holy Spirit is, but who's the human author that God's used in, in that particular verse right there? And, and then I would have somebody else give me an answer. And okay, and, and what, it, what is the author saying in this verse? You know, and they would give me an answer. And, and, and then I would ask the next question, what does that mean for us today? And I think sometimes if we're not careful we miss the next generation of young people because we're not taking time to get into the Word of God for ourselves, where God is speaking to us, where we open the Word of God, understanding that uh, the Bible tells us that, that uh, the Word was made flesh and, and dwelt among us. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. If the Bible were personified, it would be the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I open the Word of God, you know, Brother Cooper said recently, and I loved it, he said, they say, just preach Jesus, just preach Jesus. If I'm preaching the Word, I'm preaching Jesus. Amen. And if you're opening the word and reading the word, you're reading about the Lord Jesus. You're spending time with the Lord Jesus. And, and it's so important that we understand that and understand that our identity is not wrapped up into standards or some old-fashioned uh, 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 mindset, uh, uh, which, if you would, my goal and your goal this evening is the Lord Jesus Christ. And because I love the word of God, I want to ask for the old paths because I love the Word of God, I don't want to be conformed to this world. Because I love the Lord Jesus, I want to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Because of the relationship with him and because what he is doing in my heart through his Word. How has the Word of God changed your life as you've conformed to Christ today. And I'm, I'm, I'm fearful and, af and afraid for the younger generation, especially my heart aches and my heart breaks. And I'm so grateful for Golden State Baptist College. And what a privilege my son got married uh, just a week or so ago and gets thrust into the ministry perhaps the end of next month. I'm so excited for that and to see Brother Michael DeHar and his wife. And, 
heading down to Long Beach. What a blessing. That's an answer to prayer for Brother Reynolds we've been praying for for some time. And what a joy it is to see so many but uh, going off in the ministry and serving the Lord with their life. But we have got to understand that it is a, it is a relationship with, with the Word of God. And just as you have, we talk about a relationship with the Lord and the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us, there needs to be a daily relationship with the Word of God where we're up every day of our lives and we're spending time in the Word of God every day of our life. And the Word of God is dwelling in us richly every day of our life. And God is speaking to us as we're reading His Word every day of our lives. It's the scriptures. It's secondly, the spirit of God. John 16, 13, Jesus says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit desires to conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Saul tried to conform David when he offered him his armor. And David uh, uh, cared about the name of God. It was being blasphemed. And he had already killed his lion and his bear. And Saul was seeking to conform David to his image. And uh, may we never let the world uh, conform us to their image, trying to put their armor on us. And may we understand the importance of allowing the Spirit of God to change us from the inside out. And the Spirit of truth led David uh, to fight Goliath and have a respect in his decline of Saul's armor because he knew that God was going to give him the victory because God was the one that called him to the task at hand. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And I really believe with all of my heart that if we would fear God, we would fear man less. But the reality is when we fear man, we have to fear everyone and everything. Yes, God uses us to help form the lives of others. I love pastor's message this morning as we think about shepherding people and taking heed to ourselves, And that's exactly what I'm speaking about really tonight. And that simply is, how is the Spirit of God in this day and in this hour and in this moment of church history, how is the Spirit of God conforming your life to His image? I am not so concerned with the externals of what everybody else sees or hears or thinks or believes. I care about the Word of God and what the Spirit of God is doing in the hearts and lives of His people in this day and in this, in this hour. Because that's where revival stems from. Revival's not coming from the outside. Revival's not coming from the dead churches. Revival's not coming from the carnal Christians. Revival's coming from a people who are revived by the Word of God and filled with the Spirit of God. God uses the Scriptures. God uses the Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit takes the Holy Bible and buries it within our hearts and lives, the result can only be a holy life. But I want to submit to you one last thought tonight, just to let you know I'm not going to preach forever. I want to give you the third, I think, I, I don't want to use the word ingredient. How do you call the Bible an ingredient, you know? How do you call the Holy Spirit an ingredient? But I believe one of the great things that God uses 
to form and fashion you and I after his likeness. Thirdly is suffering. Isaiah tells us in chapter 53 and verse number 3 and 4, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Jesus knows about suffering. And Paul, the apostle in Philippians 3.10 said, I, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 13, if you would. And I want to lay out one other uh, thought on this subject of suffering. I, I love this brief parable Jesus often taught in parables. And as Jesus would teach in parables, it would create interest for what he was saying. And it, it would give greater understanding into what he was teaching and make it more applicable for people and Matthew 13 and verse 45, Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. This is speaking of Jesus seeking you and me. Aren't you grateful he came to seek and to save the lost? <laughs> Who when he found one, aren't you thankful he's successful when he seeks us? Amen. Went and sold all he sacrificed. The greatest sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. He sold all that he had and look at this, he bought it. That's you and I. We've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which are God's. Over the years, some have tried to teach that the pearl is Jesus, but you can't purchase Jesus. And the biblical understanding of this parable gives us some rich truth that will bless your heart. Because a pearl is the product of a living organism. And tonight... Every healthy living organism will reproduce after its kind. In this day and hour, we need shepherds to reproduce shepherds. We need sheep to reproduce sheep and churches to reproduce churches. Revival will cause that. But may I say tonight as we consider a pearl, no other precious stone comes from a living organism. Not a sapphire, not a diamond, not a ruby, not an emerald. There are no other, there are no other precious stones that come from a living organism, only a pearl. A pearl forms inside of an oyster. When an irritation like a grain or a small piece of dirt works its way inside, it creates discomfort. The oyster then secretes a fluid of coating around that great irritation as a defense mechanism. Layer after layer, as time passes, the coating is deposited onto that irritation. Time after time passes as a beautiful, lustrous pearl is fashioned. You know why we love Pastor so much? Because he is a pearl. He's a lustrous pearl. And can I tell you something tonight, North Valley Baptist Church, you're a pearl as well. You're a priceless gift. God looks down upon you and he loves you. It's an amazing thing. I was pulling out with a tour group last summer with a group of guys and all the mothers were so disappointed, but all the dads were high-fiving each other. They were so excited. 
But priceless. God looks at your life and, and He looks at my life and says, you're priceless. And yet we understand that God looks at the heartache and the pain and the trials and the sufferings that we go through and He says, I'm using this to fashion you. And Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He makes all things beautiful in His time. And just as you can't see a pearl being fashioned, it's hard to see God fashioning your life through the pain and discomfort that He allows in. But if you'll be patient... And have faith in knowing that God is at work. I love what Paul the Apostle said to the church at Philippi, Pastor in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing. I, I really wish that we would have a, uh, an older generation that would spend more time breathing confidence into the younger generation. Being confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, Paul was confident that God always completed his work. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Aren't you thankful that creation, the completion of creation? And yet I'm reminded of what he said to the church at Ephesus. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus and two good works. We sing that song, he's still working on me. Amen to the kids in Sunday school to make me what I ought to be. Aren't you thankful that God is working on your behalf this evening? I think tonight of Job, who said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And Job said, though, even though while I'm tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. I ask the question, is there any suffering that you're experiencing right now that God is allowing to give you a tender heart and continue to mold and shape you into the beautiful pearl he desires for you to be? Understanding that... that he wants you to reflect his, his image. He wants you to reflect His heart. And God cares about our world when we care about His world. And, and sometimes He has to take us through those storms and those trials and those heartaches and those difficulties and those painful situations to perform in us what He desires to do then through us. I was pondering this message and I was praying for it. I came in here to pray for a little while the other day and the Lord brought to mind the song, Oh, to be like thee. And I looked for it in our hymnal. I didn't see it. But I know Pastor knows it because I remember you. I think I remember you singing it. I sang it and sang it. And, and I want to sing this if I could. And I, I know Brother Galvan, I asked you to have it ready. We'll have it just a moment. And if you're, if you're ready for that, I hope that you will be. But I want to read it to you. And I might even ask you to sing the chorus if you, if you know it. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. This is my constant longing in prayer. Gladly. Uh, uh, he says, I'll forfeit all of earth's treasure, Jesus, thy perfect likeness to wear. And then the chorus, oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep in my heart. Oh, to be like thee, full of compassion, loving, forgiving, tender and kind, helping the helpless, cheering the fainting, seeking the wandering sinners to find. Oh, to be like thee, lowly in spirit, holy and harmless, patient and brave, meekly enduring, cruel, reproaches, willing to suffer, others to save. Oh, to be like thee, Lord, I am coming, now to receive the anointing divine, all that I am, I have and I'm bringing, Lord, for this moment, all shall be thine. From this moment, all shall be thine. Oh, to be like thee, while I am pleading, pouring out thy spirit, filled with thy love, Make me a temple 
meet for thy dwelling, fit for a life which thou wouldest approve. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.